And we're back again. And sadly, I think it's been about a month since we last podcasted. I believe the last since one probably was. the trade deadline. It was since the trade deadline. Yeah. But that weekend was very, um, we went very hockey heavy that weekend because we talked, we podcasted like the day or so prior when the Flyers traded with Claude Drew. Yep. You have your opinions on that. Then the next day or whatever, the deadline itself, we talked as we normally would. On deadline day, um, but unfortunately, due to busy schedules and um, you know the sadness of our of hockey not being fun. Yes, as our chronicles of the depressing fires continues with the return of us. Yes, uh, and it is very. And I don't know if this is a good thing or sad, but I do believe. Back either on one of those podcasts, not the podcast before, I may have made a prediction on here that Jeff knows that after they traded Claude Giroux, that they would only win three games. And right now, and they still have game going on right now as it's 7.15 on the 21st of April, um, four games after today. So they could win. You know, one of those maybe. But right now, they hit three of the wins I thought they were going to get. Um, yeah. Two of them, I think, just came from teams underestimating them. 100%. And the other one, you played the Blue Jackets, who aren't great. No. So. Even that one came kind of down to the wire, too. It definitely did. Um. But those are the only ones we had. Two of them were against playoff teams, so I guess that you got that going for you. But yeah, it's 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 tough. It's so right now they're they're facing Montreal, who is also in the bottom of the basement. They are six points apart. The Flyers have fifty-seven points, and the Habs have fifty-one. With the win, Habs will then have fifty-three points and only four points. Uh, behind the Flyers, which by this point, this late in the season, I will gladly take it. Uh, Seattle oh, actually cool. um, passed the Flyers in points wise for standings in the standings. So the Flyers are officially third to last in the league. Mm-hmm. So but if the season ended today, then the Flyers would have the third overall pick Depending as how. a essentially the third overall pick and then depending on how um, the lottery turns out which is in mid-May it's, I want to say it's somewhere around the 18th you texted me this morning no I, it's, it's funny you mentioned the that May because, 18th yes well no so that, that's what I texted you I can't even remember that's actually the right date I it was just like I saw something around there so it's, it's either May gotcha. 18th or around there so yeah because somebody confused somebody else <laughs> not naming names <laughs> <laughs> earlier today yeah <laughs> did you really think they could have locked up thir- the third overall pick with four games left to go i didn't but yeah. you said <laughs> the flyers are in third or you didn't even say the flyers were in third year you said they're they're in third right now who is this kid talking to? what is this team yeah i said we're about? officially in third and you go wait how i go seattle won they pass at the standings you go oh i thought you meant for the draft i wish 
It was like the, the the draft definitely has not happened. The season hasn't even ended no. yet, so that doesn't make no. sense. And we're not talking baseball because they're in different divisions. You didn't even mention the team, so I was very confused. <laughs> Football hasn't even started yet. And the playoffs are going on in basketball. Which, I mean, good for the Flyers and Phillies kind of stepping aside. They're like, this isn't our time to shine. Let's play bad right now. The Flyers are just a bad team. The Phillies are waiting until the six are done to start playing well. There we go. <laughs> That's why they haven't yeah. had a hard start. Hot start. That's my. I, I think that's a great. Uh, you know, you don't want to take all theory. the shine away from the Sixers. You know. No, of course not, because they're one win away from not only being in the second yeah. round, but sweeping the Toronto uh, Raptors, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the MVP, Joel Joel Embiid. Yep. So, alrighty. But so with that being said, like I mentioned, so this is a big game actually for the Flyers. The Canadians can get closer to. So it, it's. It's I'll a big this, game in this sense too. Um, this is Carey Price's third game back as well. It, it, it's a very big game for him. So I, I, I'm honestly very happy for Price alone. The fact that he's even back this year. Uh, no one was sure if he was going to be able to come back. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure I can speak on uh, for both of us. Extremely happy to see Carey Price back, and it's wonderful seeing him, you know, back on the ice. And it's just, you know, mm-hmm. continue to wish him the best of luck. With yeah. him and his family, so hopefully uh, all goes well there. Um, I'll we'll be very. Stand. I think in terms of this yeah. upcoming offseason, th- these just these two in general, off the top of my head, are the ones I'm going to be very curious of of what they do. Um, because yeah, these teams obviously had their injury issues, which you can make an argument for why they are where they are in the basement, mm-hmm. and one without without their potential Hall of Fame. Uh, goaltender and Carey Price, and without you know the uh, Shea Weber, you're missing a lot of pieces there. Um, and then you just weren't doing well, so you just were already going to be off to a rough start, which I predicted. Um, for the Flyers' sake, obviously injuries didn't help them either. So what then happens this off season is going to be very. I'm very interested in with both these teams. I think too, the, it's gonna be most of these teams very, also make coaching changes during the season as well. The Flyers are not yeah. going to make another one. I doubt the uh, Canadians are. They're not bringing back Mike Yo. There's no chance they bring back Mike Yo. Even as an assistant, right now, scored. it seems like a stretch. Oh, look at that. He got on the board. Uh, James Van today, because why not? Really? Of course. Well, hey, go up his, his uh, trade value. That would be course. his 22nd goal of the year. He there has quietly put up 20 goals, as he usually does. Yep. Uh, I was looking at stats the other day, and I think Travis Konechny has a quiet, what, 45-point year. Uh, 49 right now, but or, down uh, a, even better. significantly down goal. Yeah. I, I'd, still, still, I'd, I'd still like to see more from him. But not just I, I agree. Um, anyway, so looking over the stat head here real quick, I'll go over the last night's scores, um, today's games, and then update standings with, uh, of course, the, uh, the wild card included. Uh, so last night's stat head, uh, you had Alexander Ovechkin, of course, leading the way, two goals and assists. Uh, Ovechkin has just been cruising and, and leading the way, uh, now. Um, he has now, I think he's got to be at least, 
He officially hit 50 goals. He yeah, has 40 assists. He's 90 yeah. points, 75 games. He's amazing. Uh, Connor McDavid going to six That's also his points. ninth. And here's the stat of the day. And do you think he's got another 50 goal season? Because nobody has ever gone 10 50 goal seasons before. That's surprising me. At least in a while, I think. I was going to say it's got to be. Know, at least I know Gretzky's only got nine. Even that surprised me because that dude put up 200-point seasons at times. He did, but he also, for all the points he put up, he wasn't, uh, as weird as it sounds, he wasn't a goal scorer. No, he, he if you take away all the goals he had, all yeah. of his goals, he would still, I think, have the most amount of points in NHL history. Yes, he would. That just screens how good of the all-around player he was, but let alone how many assists he got. Mm-hmm. This, is also, the only, this is the only only stat that will ever get potentially broken Yeah, that Wayne Gretzky also do you want to hear something really funny so back in so uh, this one guy named Dan Steinberg who writes uh, currently a digital sports editor uh, for WashingtonPost.com so uh, someone brought this up because um, apparently in 2013 when asked uh, the question if Vashkin was ever capable of scoring 50 goals this season ever again, Pierre Maguire said, no, I do not. That was in 2013. That was nine years ago. Since this quote, according to uh, uh, Capitals writer uh, Greg Young, uh, just a you know a, a beat writer, um, he said, since this quote, Ovechkin has scored 440 more goals and had five more 50-goal seasons. <laughs> so, yeah. That's oof. That was not great defense by the Flyers, <laughs> in case you're wondering. Did, <laughs> did the Canadians score? No, they did not, but they Darn just it. had two really good chances at potentially scoring. But just nah. missed. Just missed out. Yeah. There's they they're there not even go. they're not even going to go down as shots, it's just scoring chances. There you go. Um but yeah, so it's just a little little fun back there too. Uh, goalie wise, Mike Smith two goals, a lot of 34 saves and 36 shots, 0.944 save percentage. Uh, Scott Wedgwood, he was very busy, he um made 45 saves, but he let in four goals, so 0.918 save percentage. And Dallas has lost there last night. Oh, uh, no. and Kevin Lincoln in three Jeffrey. goals, a lot of 32 saves. The fires are going yes. on the power play. Oh no! Oh man, I, I'm really oh, scared no. of the power play. I know there goes all their momentum after Tippett just had a really nice uh, move. There you go, and, and and we'll talk about the some of the current flyers and newer flyers we've seen in the lineup. You know, in a little Sorry, while. Sorry, I'm, I'm also look watching the game at the corner of my eye. I, so. I, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got you know live updates because if I tried watching, it'll be on the stream, and that's always behind. So, oh no, I hate that. Um, anyway, so Chicago beat Arizona last night, four to three in the overtime. Uh, Alex DeBrincat got his fortieth goal on the year. Um, Edmonton won five to two against Dallas. Oh dear! Uh, oh no! Oh oh no! Uh, wait, no, they fucked up. We're good. The <laughs> carry has just had a two on one. Probably just started. I can't. <laughs> I sorry, sorry. Just, it's even worse. There's a three on one. Back to a three on two, I could honestly and they missed. Just, I could honestly just 
sit there in a room and watch you commentate on a game and I would pay like 50 bucks just to do it because it's so crazy. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, uh, this is, this is not start. This is not a good start. The, it's the, the Canadians. The, the Canadians have look, had three chances on this power play. The Flyers have had none. They're making them look like the lightning out there. Oh my God. Uh, anyway, yes, this is Seattle the, one, the last ranked two. power play versus the 28th ranked uh, 27th goal of the year. Kale McCarr, defenseman, has 27 goals on the year. That's a scary thought. Um, he's more goals than any flyer. That's that's bad. Yeah. Uh, then last but not least, Vegas yeah. winning Washington uh, 4-3 in overtime. Uh, Shea Theodore is 14th of the year. Uh, Vetchkin, he got two. Again, he gets 50th there. All right, so actually, to mention what you're talking about uh, uh, earlier, Vetchkin's ninth, 50th goal season ties him with Gretzky and their recent, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, the recent, um, or the great, late great Mike Bossy, who recently passed away, condolences. Condolences to the Bossy family for the most fifty goal seasons. Also, what's history. really crazy with Bossy too, when you really think about it, he only played for like ten seasons. Imagine yeah. if he played for like fourteen or something like that. How much? How many more points he would have been able to put up? Yeah, it was funny because I was talking with my dad about it because he he got to see Mike Bossy play quite a bit live, and um, and he was saying that uh, for for Bossy. Uh, he wasn't like an outrageous player or very flashy, but somehow the puck just always went in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there sometimes you go. It's just Nine sometimes it's just puck goal season. So yeah, so there you go. Um, so Vetchkin now, um, he again just another fifty goal season, which is ridiculous. Uh, tonight's game. So I was uh, right. Games, I was right in my thinking though. That is that most right. That tied. Yes. Okay, so if he has another one in him, which then he, he doesn't then, show uh, any sign it. of slowing down, no. even though he is what 35, 36. 36. You would think 37 that he wouldn't be able to do it, but if there's anyone that's going to be able to do it, it's going to be him. Yep, um, 100%. Yeah. Um, all right, you got uh, today's games. Um, of course, you get the Flyers going on right now. Is power play uh, still going? Apparently, they're up one nothing on power play. Okay. Uh, in the first, uh, Detroit and Florida are tied one one four thirty six left in the first. New Jersey and Buffalo are tied seven nineteen in the first. Um, Carolina is down one nothing to Winnipeg nine oh seven left in the opening period. Carolina is on the power play, and Boston is losing Pittsburgh one nothing nine oh five left in the first. The other games going on is the Islanders against the Rangers, Minnesota Wild against the Canucks, uh, Lightning against Toronto, Calgary against Dallas, LA against Chicago, San Jose against St. Louis. And there are tonight's games. Um, As for the standings uh, currently right now, going over the playoff, um, I'll put it this way, the Metro set. The Metro is 100% set. The Carolina and the Rangers are tied for first in points with 106 points each. Uh, I wouldn't really say it's set. Well, well, meaning, meaning the top four teams because no teams oh. are going to. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah, that's yeah, more yeah. so what I meant. The yeah. standings are going to change because Carolina and New New York, um, the Rangers that is, uh, are tied 106. That they could easily change, and then Pittsburgh and Washington could easily change because that's 97 each. Yeah. Um, so really, it's going to be Carolina or New York or New York, Carolina, and then 
Pitt or Washington or Washington then Pitt. That's the only way I see it changing. Um, the Hurricanes and the Rangers are way too far ahead uh, with the Caps and Pens mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, and the Atlantic Florida is dominating wow. that uh, division. 116. Toronto is even ahead of Tampa Bay. 108. Uh, They're even ahead of the tops in the Metro. Yeah, which is crazy. And then uh, Boston is at 99. Um, so they just need one more point to surpass Tampa Bay. However, those are the top four teams at this point, especially that's going to be in the playoffs. Um, my prediction failed. I said Boston would not make playoffs, unfortunately, and that was not true. Uh, in the central, you have Colorado 116, Minnesota in second with St. Louis 103. And then in fourth, as of right now, you have Nashville. Uh, and then what's crazy is technically Dallas is in that last playoff spot. Not the really, reason being not really a technically, yep. they're a couple points ahead of uh, uh, they're two, but two. so um, the cutoff. So those are going to be the if there were five teams, those are the five teams in central. Uh, Winnipeg's too far behind Dallas to make uh, a difference. Vegas also uh, has two chances if uh, they can yes. still get, even though they're a game ahead. Um, but if they can somehow, they still have a chance to get third or uh, second wild card. Yeah. If they can Every knock LA in the out. Pacific, 104, Edmonton, 96, LA, 92. So they mm-hmm. are a point below Nashville, but a point ahead. Dallas, Vegas is at this 89, is good- and Vancouver is at 87. So clearly the last Vancouver, five Vancouver's not. I, I don't think that they are going. Um, I would say that you know the cutoff is Vancouver, and even that's a stretch because they would have to basically win out the season to even make the playoffs. Yeah. Um also this is if you're a Vegas fan, um Dallas is uh four, four, and two in the last ten, lost the last two, whereas Vegas is six, three, and one. They won their last their last game. So it's getting really close. Yeah. Um, LA also has been about 500, 5 4 and 1 in the last 10. They've won their last two, though. So, and if you're Colorado, you're really hoping they either miss the playoffs or get the third wild card because I don't really want to play Vegas in the first round. No, not particularly. Yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for Mark Stone to come back. I thought he did come back. Maybe he did. I, I, who knows? Um, let me look at their. They played last night. Let me look. Just look at their box score and see if he played or not. It's gonna be the fastest way to see the check. Team stats. Yep, Stone is back. He played seventeen minutes last night. No points. Minus one. Dadanoff uh, put up two points and go on assists. Good for Dadanoff. Yeah. After all that crap went down. Yeah. What I will say is uh, he had a wonderful standing ovation uh, in his first game playing uh, since all the craziness with uh, the voided trade between Anaheim and and Vegas. And he was good on the Vegas crowd for recognizing that and and really giving him a a big standing go. And ironically, it was one of his best games. He I think I had two goals and an assist that game. And just out of curiosity, I want to see how their last few games 
Oh, that's a very fair kind of favorable schedule for for Vegas. Vegas has counting today two more days off after today. Mm-hmm. Then Sunday they play at home their last home game of the season against the Sharks. Uh, then they have a back to back. The first of which is against Dallas. The second one is against Chicago, and they've end the season against St. Louis. Yeah, that's, that's pretty favorable. It's it's kind of favorable in the sense that you're playing uh, San Jose and Chicago, who aren't great. The yeah. the interesting one would be that matchup against Dallas because that's going to be very cu- uh, crucial for both teams. Yes, and really, I'm and, uh, very curious now, about how the matchup Dallas's, with the Blues. How does Dallas's schedule look? That's also kind of a big. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it doesn't matter because St. Louis already clinched, but I'm just yeah curious that, that yeah. They're not going to really worry because yeah. they already know pretty much they're going to be playing Minnesota. So, no, what I find it's just a matter of if they get the home ice or not. Yeah. Um. Let's look at your schedule, Dallas. How does yours last few games look? Uh. So they play tonight against Calgary. That's going to be a, a rough one. Potential. Oh, they have a kind of favorable schedule too. Saturday they play Seattle. Get two days mm-hmm. off, then they play Vegas. Uh, they're also playing back to back, but they're back to ha- their last two games are against the Coyotes, and then their last game is against the Ducks. Why do I feel like that one of these games they're going to lose? It's possible. You, you never know. It's like, I mean, the last two games alone, they on... got destroyed by. Edmonton, Edmonton, five two, and the game before that, Vancouver six two. So, and that that game was last night when they got destroyed by Edmonton, and they're playing Calgary that's right. tonight. That's so right. that's it's still not a favorable matchup, um, no. but still, it's yeah. They both have, I'll say, winnable games still um, for both those teams. And last but not least. Uh, let's why not I'm already looking at it the third team that I mentioned let's look at the Kings remaining schedule I would like to see what the Kings schedule is like uh, so tonight obviously they're playing Chicago uh, that's taking that puck going to drop in a couple of minutes probably it's at 730 uh, Saturday they play the Ducks and then they're off until mm. next Wednesday uh, where they're on the road against Seattle, and then the next night they're in Va- uh, Vancouver. Okay, that's um, very favorable for them as well. The only that game you have to worry about is, I guess, you could argue Vancouver, just because they're just out on the playoff yeah. looking in. Um, and Flyers are up two nothing. Provorov scores. Frickish tasty cakes. Remember when that was the thing? I missed that. I think that's also why the Flyers have not been doing well because they, they got rid of the Casey t- Tasty Cakes. Yeah. I so, don't know if they do the Chick fil A thing anymore for the score four goals. I forgot about that too. Damn, what a snipe. All right. Ooh, Rosie. Ooh. All righty. And so that I being like said, to feel bad. Let's see how our boy. Claude Giroux is doing as a member of the Florida Panthers. Part of me has not wanted to watch any Florida Panthers hockey lately, strictly because I, I know I would see Giroux Jeffrey. in the Florida red. And it just, it crushes, it would crush my soul too much, man. 
Well, you're going to hear about it, okay? okay? I can hear about it. That's fine. I don't know if I can watch it. At least until playoff time. Then I'll, I'll suck it up. Because so... Florida is my team to win the cup. In 14 games he's played uh, since being traded, he's put up two goals, 15 assists for 17 points. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yep. He already has as many assists than he had the whole entire season goals-wise with the Flyers. Only three less. He had 18 goals with the Flyers this season. That hurts my soul, man. If he would have stayed with the Flyers, he probably could have... He would have had 20, so he Probably would still be near the top. What's the deal? <laughs> yeah, I missed that kid. Yeah. Anyway, a uh, couple other flyers notes here before we kind of you know move things along. Uh, two bigger notes. Uh, Car- One of them, uh, not Carolina, Montreal scored. Yeah, good job, guys. Yay! Damn bad teams. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, real quick, I, I so I did look at the correct date. It's actually May tenth for the draft lottery, not May eighteenth. So it's even better because oh, we'll wow, find wow. out. Wowie, 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 wowie. Couple days wow, 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 wow. That bad? Who was on him? <laughs> yeah, you were doing a bit of puck watching, and then Hoffman nice. kind of snuck behind as their little pile going to the one corner, one post. Um, the puck snuck out. And he was pretty much open with an open with a wide open. Well, that's fun. It's yeah. cool. It's fine. Great. I couldn't anyway. pick up who was right in front of him. I think it might have been Hayes. Um, ah, come on, Hayes. Uh, what's it called? So we've got uh, two big topics here. Uh, real quick, we'll touch on briefly. Uh, one of them, this one just annoys me. Uh, Ryan Ellis has been apparently oh, yeah. contemplating surgery, according to your source. Uh, his injury is thought to be a hip, hip flexor, grant abdominal or core muscle injury not many with the team know exactly what the issue is that's the biggest issue i have with this how do you not know what the injury is by now the guy who played four games all year long Mm -hmm. he apparently has not had any surgery i don't think not yet i don't even know not if he's contemplating it i don't think there's been anything I'm i'm saying like before this one too no i think it's been all season long it's been He's gonna get. He's been contemplating surgery. The teams, depending if they want to get surgery or not, it's it's yeah. been very uh, unknown of what they're gonna do or what they. But want here's to do. the other issue with this, and because there's been reports, I don't know. How oh boy, true these are. that was very close. You should have passed it. You had to do it right in front of that. And it was for Montreal. In case anyone was wondering, I, I I was gonna say it was for Montreal. It sounds like Wimmer, for once in his life, is kind of cheering for Montreal. I am not. I'm just <laughs> the, the Flyers are just imploding. It's, it, it, it's I love it. The, anyway, it's, a so bag, problem, oh, sorry, it's a battle of bad teams where they have pretty much nothing to play for at this point. So it's just fun to watch. Yeah. It's like when you watch uh, football and it's a um, you see a team go for a fourth and on uh, the, they already know they're out of the playoffs. They're going for on like a fourth and five. On their own end of the field, it's like, yes, yeah. do it, do Go it. What it. do you have to lose? <laughs> Nothing. Exactly. Um, I love that analogy. <laughs> anyway, so here's the problem with Ryan Ellis right now. He is locked up until 2026, 27, 
with a 6.25 cap hit. I don't see what the issue is. Well, the issue here, and thank you for asking that wonderful question, there have been rumors that he's not been around the team, and apparently there's been disconnect between him and the medical staff, along with other players with said medical staff too. So who even knows anymore? I'm just waiting until there's like an official word that comes out or anything like that. So you probably won't know. Uh, I sure highly doubt it. Um, my thing is, if you're con- just get, if you're contemplating just that much the about the surgery, you just if he if Ryan Ellis got the you're surgery just, months say, ago, yeah, and, months ago he would have been, and now he would have been, should have been healed by now. And well, at this point, not- even if he was, he would have just said, just scratch him for the rest of the year, which you've already done anyways, and just yeah. have him ready for next year. Like exactly. he did with Couturier, for instance, who had his back surgery. He probably should have had and it. And he'll had be it. ready to go. Yes, he probably should still should have had it a little while ago. Not when they actually did it. And, and that's what it feels like crazy. for some reason when they announced all those surgeries of what the guys had and, and everything for the guys who were hurt. It seemed they wait until they were actually mathematically eliminated for them to actually do them. Care. You already know you're gonna. You've known since January essentially that you're probably going to make since the playoffs. December, late December, they basically had an idea saying these guys are realistically That's out. Right around the once you tr- or the rumors became more of you're going to trade Cla- Claude Drew, you're not making the playoffs. Sorry, the, no. at that point you're like, okay, have your surgery, just scratch the rest of the season, just get you ready for next year. I really don't understand it. It's I don't know. They're, they're making science. it seem oh, like Morgan Frost just took a penalty. Ah, uh, Frost, hey, come on, buddy. Uh, they're making it seem like the whole Jack Eichel situation, where it seems like yeah, it's impossible I feel like, surgery. Yeah, I feel like people are trying to make it out to be that kind of situation. It's between not team though, because that runners. was a little bit more complex because it had never been done for hockey player. So that's different. Yes, yeah, so and it was also done. It was his neck and then there was a very that had it done. Spot. So yeah. it's it's a bit more of a common surgery now for the the next for, surgery. But for Ellis, I mean, I get it. They don't know exactly what's wrong. Oh, sorry, I was so wrong. It was Santa. Sorry for all. That's us. fine. Uh, <laughs> um, my thing is, if if they don't know what the injury is, there's got to be a way they can just. Be able to like you know, X-ray for you know, they, they've that X-ray MRIs they've everything scanner to their and, power and I was we were talking about this yesterday or whatever and I said I kind of have my theory is my guess is when this injury first started because I think at first everything was a hip issue I assume most of his pain or the majority of the pain he was feeling was probably around the hip hip flexor area. Mm. Um, and maybe that's why they keep looking at that area thinking, oh, it's got to be here. This is where the pain is. My thinking is, and this is from a guy who barely passed a health class um, and not you know, a medical expert in any sense. Um, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Um, no, he's an expert. Trust me. Yes. Yeah, Dr. Whitman over here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but I feel like you may be just looking in the wrong area and maybe it's a, a more abdominal groin kind of like that kind of issue, but it's effect it he can feel it more and is where the pain is feeling is more of his hip hip flexor area, but it's not necessarily I'm wondering in that though. 
if it's a very similar core muscle injury, like Kevin abdominal, abdominal, yeah, or abdominal, yeah, yeah, that one, yeah, it's okay. I, I, I struggle with that one earlier. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so wait, uh, so that being no, said, I'm wondering score. if it's that it same close. kind of injury, but either way, it, it's not that I think it's something so that I'm does just need, hoping they I feel like it's something that needs to have surgery anyways, or leading towards you have to, he's going to have to have surgery, surgery now, yeah. Ryan Ellis, swallow your freaking pride and get the surgery, dude, just, and I, because I, I realistically could Period see him, ended. that's cool. The Canadians will start to second with the power play. I could see though Ryan Ellis really contemplating about it because you know he cares because this is essentially where he's playing the rest of his career, if you think about it, unless he gets traded towards the end of his career. Um, which is I guess possible too, because he's what 31 right now. He's here for at least another five years. That's a lot. And you would, of course, ideally like to have him come back even remotely close to uh, training camp ready. Or, yeah. But even but this at year, this point, it doesn't been... even sound like he's close, which is the scary thought. It's like, how, how do we get to this point of how no one seems to know? I don't know. That's why at this point I would have just said, Take him to some specialist who specializes in core muscle or core issues like that, and maybe they'll have a better explanation of what this is. Right. A better so theory, we'll a better happens. thinking of what it is and whether he needs surgery for it, if there's a specific treatment he needs to take for it, or what, because he's essentially had, what, the season started in August or whatever, and that's when he was start, first started getting hurt. He was first hurt in training camp. Yeah, he, he never went to training camp, period. And then he, he played... I think he maybe played in one preseason game. If that, yeah. But he played one or two... No, I think he played one or two regular he missed the home, games. He missed the uh, home opener. Yep. And then him and Ristolainen both did. That's right. Um, then even in the last game he played, he left early because he was still dealing with issues. Yeah. So, so I'm very because we'll obviously at that the reason why I bring that up is obviously it's not just a rest. He just doesn't need to rest for it just to go away. It's obviously something more severe. Because I assume he's never he hasn't taken any ice time or even like a Terrier where he is not skating, but there's footage every once in a while of him um like uh do, doing some like stick skills or passing it or something like that at uh fires training camp or fires uh and for he's. Uh, skate zone. There you go. I got the words. Um, but I do have a question for you, Jeffrey, and I'm about 90% positive to know what your answer is. Well, so, I was going to say, before we get to that part, there's one other quick topic I wanted to touch on briefly. Okay. Um, recent news of uh, Anthony Sanfilippo, he uh, had uh, released an article on Crossing Broad about how Flyers trainers Jimmy Rickerson oh, and yes, Sal yes. Rafa um, had um, unfortunately uh, both been diagnosed with cancer, uh, which had 
allegedly resulted from Zamboni chemicals in Bory, in the uh, New, uh, Bory's New Jersey practice facility. Um, so extremely unfortunate news there. Wishing, of course, both Sal and uh, yeah. Jimmy McCross. And there were some good, two phenomenal um, trainers. I, I didn't have time to read the article, but I saw the athletic did an interview, I guess, with McCrossin where uh, there he was saying before where um, when Leblon was going through his UN sarcoma uh, diagnosis, mm-hmm. he relied a lot on Jimmy McCrossin to help him with yeah. it. And now the roles are kind of reversed. Yeah, which is where Jim McCrossin is looking kind of towards uh, Oscar. Oscar and how he went yeah. through it with his kind of cancer bout now. Yeah. Um, the Flyers organization provided uh, Cross and Drive with the following statement, quote, the safety of our employees and guests at the Flyers Training Center and all, all of our facilities is always a top priority for us. I would hope so. We have looked into the allegations made by Jim McCross and Sal Rafa over the course of several months, and based on that, believe that their claims have no merit. Beyond that, we cannot comment further, given that this matter, matter is in litigation. So here's one issue I have with this whole BS statement. The fact that Jimmy McCrossin, of all people, is suing the team he not only works for, but has adored and loved yeah. for years. The fact that this man over here is suing the Flyers and Comcast, that says everything you need to know. Because I highly doubt. Yeah. I, I realistically couldn't see him I, or Sal Rafa suing so, the Flyers and Comcast without there being a legitimate reason like this. There is, and maybe the they are liable to an extent. Obviously, the the lawsuit and everything will be will be the thing that will come out with everything mm. there. But I also think I would also probably sue the Zamboni company or whoever has that, whoever operates or makes that yeah. Zamboni that off that says these are the chemicals you have to use to do use this Zamboni. That's a great point. Because obviously so the flyer, because I don't think the flyer, because sure the flyers may be negligible, but they don't know that much about yeah. what they're what they know is what the company says. Okay, this is what you have to do to maintain these zambonis. They have to use these chemicals or whatever, whatever they have to take. If it's that big of a deal, kind of like there's been a bunch of it with uh, I forget what was it. Uh, was it Scott? I forget what weed killer company had a similar issue where people. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was a similar thing where they were saying that whatever chemicals were in that were causing caused their cancer or whatever. And they mm-hmm. kind of paid out and that kind of thing. That's where I think this, they should also kind of push them into that. Maybe that's what the fires will do and say, Hey, this is more on them that it really is on us. And maybe that's right. why they say there's no baseless claims to them that they knew that this stuff caused cancer or whatever and whatever. Um, Look I've at seen Detective Whitmer over here, man. God, <laughs> I, I, Sorry. I, I had a really, crazy. like I was no, saying, it, it's, I'm glad you brought that. Cause I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I did not even consider thinking about that. I, I it didn't even, Again, my mind. I know, I know a lot of people, especially this season have been very down on the fires kind of organization and Comcast and everything, but this I doesn't you, help they do though. have the, it doesn't help, but you also have the presumption of innocence and this whole situation. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to play both kind of Devil's sides advocate. of it. Yeah, exactly. 100%. No, which I get, and that's completely fair. Um, but like you made a good point, just, like for Jimmy McCrossin to sue the Flyers, because if he's suing the Flyers, maybe that means he may complaints or whatever. 
saying, hey, and they didn't handle it. There's so a, or maybe on their their packaging and say, hey, there's a warning that says too much exposure to this may cause this to happen to you. Right. Now, I get suing Comcast. Though. That, that makes sense. That too. makes sense that to, to Comcast, if it comes to that, they may just if it if they don't want the bad press or bad publicity or whatever that would come out of a lawsuit like that, um, 100%. they may just settle out of court and not even have it go to yeah. a lawsuit. Probably not. So anyway, so that's that. I just want to touch on that uh, major topic real quick. Yeah. Let's go over that. Also, uh, sadly, I don't think they've ever, uh, even announced uh, the player's handling of uh, the Blackhawk situation either in the league. Um, they really. I know no, they were supposed to release it. They, or, yeah, couple, that, that like was what annoyed me. They were a couple of days ago, but there I don't know if they did or not. Power outage the night before, so they couldn't release it the very next day. Yeah, when they said they were going to. How convenient is that? Yeah, I saw your tweet. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How convenient? That's really strange. I know. Hmm. We were supposed to release these major documents on a mm-hmm. covered up sexual assault that happened, you know, in within your organization. Uh that twelve happened. Years ago. Yeah, twelve years ago that you hit hid and covered up for a decade. Um, it's a mixture of hmm. that and how the players handled that. So obviously we have our opinions on that. Yeah. Um and that's another thing that's over us and everything. So yes. Anyway, but more moving forward, uh, you had a great uh, topic. I do. I, I do have a great, to to. a good topic, but I have something to lead into that topic. Wow. Um, and that's why I was going to bring up my question, which I have a ninety percent mm-hmm. idea of where you're going with this. And obviously, as we go towards the offseason, as the Flyers are clearly not going to make the playoffs. All right, I'm um, ready for question time. They have four se- games left, and the real question is, where do the Flyers go from here? And really, there's three options really i think there's only two that you should do the third option is a no you don't go down this road this road is blocked off there's construction there's nothing you don't want to go down that road basically there's a cliff there that you don't want to yes 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 yes. you know the cliff uh that the um wally coyote always goes down yeah it's that yeah don't 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 go down down that road yeah don't don't do that it's Um, smarter than wally coyote what that one is is staying the same making very little changes and thinking these last two seasons were just flukes and you don't really need, still don't need to change that much that I don't want to do because there's definitely needs to be some kind of changes, coaching yeah. players, whatever the other ones are go for it. Like a hex homegrown kind of thing, make a big splash, get someone do that aggressively or, retool. Yeah. Or the one I think you they want to go down a full rebuild. Not like the rebuild you had with Ron Hextall, where it was kind of a partial rebuild, like a full like Detroit Red Wings kind of uh, rebuild. My issue with that one is if you're going to do that, you probably would have wanted to trade uh, Sean Couturier just because of what you could have gone back for him. But you are going to next year, he has a new contract. You extended him. So it's going to be a lot harder with this. That goes contract. up by quite a bit. That and also if you say exactly by three point four two mil. Yeah, and it's for what like 
four or five years or not four or five years. Like I forget. It's like seven. Yeah, it's for seven years. And if you say that rebuild will take four or five years, that's half of his contract that he's going to be playing under. And if it's going to be like, if he has another Selkie like season, is it going to be like what people were thinking for like the Sixers when before they made the James Harden trade, where it's like, yeah, Joel Beats having this great season, but with no Ben Simmons and everything, is it really like, what's the point? Because he's having this great season, but you already kind of know you may not make the playoffs if you don't make a splash or if he doesn't play or whatever. Like if he has another season like that and the Flyers are rebuilding, like that's kind of my issue with it. Um, mm. Because if you're going full rebuild, you're going to be wanting to trade some assets. Obviously, Claude Drew would have been one of them who he just dealt away. Uh, and the other one he would have thought of would have been Sean Couturier. Um, obviously, you could still do that with Kevin Hayes, maybe Provorov or Konechny. Just trade them to get, you know, start that rebuild to get the pieces you'd want to get out of that. Um, what I want to do is kind of the, uh, f- not f- the way they're phrasing it, but I actually don't think this team realistically isn't that far off from being a playoff team. Not saying c- cup contending team. I'm saying playoff, playoff team. team. And then once you get there, it's kind of up in the air. Because I think you just need, because what these last two seasons prove, especially this season, which they're just probably going to truck up like they did last year, which was, oh, it was COVID. That's why we struggled. Um, which obviously that was a good part of it. Um, but that season was heart struggled. Your goaltending was not good at all. And your defense really was not good. And your offense kind of struggled too. Um, and because of mainly the goaltending and defense, you just weren't plus COVID. You had an outbreak that kind of stalled everything. Yeah. Um, and this season, you realize the Flyers didn't have as great of depth as we may have thought they had. Because yeah. prior to that, like if you go back to the bubble season, the Flyers never really had to get had the get tested that much of their depth because they were relatively healthy. Yeah. They would have had a couple injuries here and there. JVR, I think had a little bit, little injury. Obviously yeah. Lemblom had his UN sarcoma. Um, I think Lawton had a little injury here and there, but for the most part, your main pieces, Coots, were everything healthy, are healthy and we're producing this year. Kind of your key pieces were hurt and nobody really, stepped up that much and obviously any no. team where you're missing your second line center for majority of the year your first line center for majority of the year your top defenseman that you hope like you already knew going in that Provorov needed somebody to help him be a number one defenseman yeah. obviously you thought that was Ellis and no offense to him he was hurt all year so you didn't really have that so you had to go back to it you address some of that concern in terms of defense, but if you remember back when we had our season preview, or if you go to our W or Whitmer Quake uh, hockey uh, podcast YouTube page, we do give a rating. And I think even there, my one fear with this season, and even though I predicted the Flyers would be third, um, and I was clearly wrong in my prediction there. Okay, me too. Yeah, um, I thought the one fear was that. They didn't Fair get enough, a third yep. line center. 
and I was afraid. If That's was also tested. where Derek Broussard at first played yeah, a pretty it did, good But he was role. also hurt, too. He did get hurt. At first, like the first and month, then he was the on you thought, fire. And then, the and then after that, he got hurt. And then hurt again. The, and the then again. Yeah. Because <laughs> before, what we thought the depth was, was great. You have Lawton, who can be fourth line, maybe third, plug, plug him here or there, whatever. And then you thought, oh, we have Wade Allison now. We have uh, uh, Lazinski. They could be great fillers if we need them. They also have been hurt all year, too, pretty much. So then you just came back in late January or February, but he's been good since. And and I'm so happy. And Wade Allison's been battling. He's literally been injury here, injury there. And sucks because he's a good player. Yeah. And then because of that, you had to fill those guys with other guys and the guys you filled didn't really Uh help that much. And I think what the fires need to do, and I'm going to be irrationally annoyed if this doesn't happen because I've psyched myself up. And this is going to be a, maybe my fifth podcast in a row where I say, I want Elias Pedersen because, and I'm at the point where I'm willing to trade the fires first round pick this year for him because I want him that badly. Because I think if you get, I say you're trying to get a, because I think the flyers should trade, uh, try either draft a defenseman or a center in the draft. That's just it. Those are the two pieces I'd want because the Flyers need both of them, really. I'll put um, it this so way. Center. They're not getting a defenseman because they too high to pick the even worth spending on defenseman. Yeah. Center, though, there are some very, very good centers, especially in top five. Yeah. Shane Wright should be the unanimous number one. Yeah, if he does he not go number one, whoever is second overall gets a steal and a half at him at number two. You will. Uh, but the reason why uh, I say Logan I, Cooley, who should be going number two, he could go number three if Shane, you know, if Shane Wright drops somehow. But the reason why I say that is because Pedersen's still young, and right now, at least in 2022, obviously these guys haven't touched on the ice yet who haven't been drafted, and they could, who knows, the future isn't written yet. They could be Hall of Famers. I don't know. We don't know that yet. But right now in 2022, right. Elias Pedersen's already a number one center. He's established as number one center and he's still young enough where he can still go either rebuild or you can still kind of contend. And I think that would be bode well this way too, because Sean Couturier the past two seasons is kind of getting the injury bug again. And, and that's why I think when he started so playing many people better, are concerned about him getting that large contract. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of concerned people too. Are People are saying that this was a huge mistake to even lock him up for that many years. I mean, to be fair, he earned that contract. He won the Selkie not that long ago. So yeah, exactly. It's fair that he got that contract. But it's just injuries yeah. happen. From when he started playing better offensively to that Selkie season, he had been relatively healthy. He has yeah. outside of maybe a bunch, maybe like uh, bumps and bruises, just if an 82 game hockey season plus playoffs, yeah. it's just going to happen. Um, so but in terms of bigger injuries like that, these last two seasons, you see he's been dealing with them. So I think that way, if you get Elias Pedersen, that's kind of why I want like backup scenarios in case this someone gets hurt again, someone else can fill. Because yeah. and if you bring Claude Drew back, and I know that would nobody's or I was thinking of this today. I know nobody really likes him. I kind of like him, sadly. Um, 
do not say Nazem Kadri. No, definitely not him. I was Thank actually going to say you were scaring me there for a second. Say you bring in Phil Kessel as a depth scorer, and if you trade away uh, JVR, I'm saying because I think Phil Kessel can provide you a little more offense than JVR. Yeah. Say Plus, you have at this him, point in his career, he would cost way less. Exactly, and he's done. He's done and after he this had year. Another ginger to your line. <laughs> what? Plus, he had another ginger to the team. Exactly. Um, but if you say if your third line is Kevin Hayes, Scott Lawton, and Phil Kessel, offensively, and you bring good. back, and if you can bring back Claude Giroux too, that's huge. Yeah, and you have Scott Atkinson and uh, Cam Atkinson, sorry, back and everything and plus Farabee. I'll put it this way: you essentially have a, you easily have a guaranteed top ten pick. Let alone, you probably have a top five pick this year. Well, not, not if you're talking about my scenario, because I'm thinking about trading it with Konechny to get Pedersen. But, you know. That's, that's a handful and a half to get Pedersen. I'll play this I way. think it's worth it. That's just if, me, though. If, if, if it's a pick from 7 to 10, 100%, I would do that. But if it's a top five pick, especially a top three pick, that's... Ooh, I don't know. Th- well, that, that's even to- for me <laughs> where I'm kind of teeter tottering on that saying. I, I don't know. There are some players in this draft that I I would want the Flyers to then if they I'll have a chance. 2023 first round pick for him plus a third this year and connect. Even better. That's fine. I'll take it. It's fine. Because there's yeah. no way the Because if you could do that, plus some of the college guys that they just acquired or who just signed their contracts, Sign. or, yep. uh, who are showing, who who are kind of making a name for themselves, like I assume at this point, Noah Case is just gonna be here next year. Yeah, um, like he, he's so- looked, he's looked good, and, and and Charlie O'Connor specifically was saying that like he would be very surprised if he wasn't on the opening night roster next year. Yeah, which is which is awesome. I agree, but like there's little things like that. I think, and then if you add your a little bit more to your depth, Wazinski can play for your fourth line center. Wade Allison, Wazinski, yeah. If you Wade put Allison. Wade Allison on the wing on that fourth line, and you can bring shit, bring back uh, McEwen if you want to. I'm okay with a little grit. I yeah. like McEwen. I like him. He's a fighter, but I like him. I like his yeah. proud papa moment when someone else fights. Like Wayne Simmons all over again. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring back Simmer, please. I miss that I man. But the reason why, because obviously bef- the reason why I'm okay with it, because in the past few seasons, we hated seeing like Lamblom jumping fights to jump to uh, guys who get hit. So having that little bit of grip, I'm okay with. It's nice. But yeah. that's a Stanley Cup potential forwards. Is that enough to make them to the playoffs? Sure. Yeah. Or go far? I don't know. The next part of that is whether your goaltending and defense are good enough to yeah. do it. So goaltending cart, I think, showed that that shortened COVID season, that weird season, was just a fluke. Obviously, this year was yeah. a bounce back year. He is done for the rest of the year because he's been hurt. And that rightfully said, there's, about no, that. there's no reason for him to play anymore no, uh, this season. Uh, just get ready for next year. Uh, Martin Jones, I want to be Martin Jones, I thought, played better. Than I expected him to be this year, uh, but I think you have a potential better backup in your own system that you can put behind uh, Hart. Hart went 13, 24, and 7, 45 games played, 3.16 goals against, 0.905 save percentage. 
and those stats may not sound great, but just look but for what this season was. Yeah, for the team, God, you also have to keep in mind some of those may be inflated a little bit just because of the team he's got in front of him. Just look at uh, John Gibson's stats. I still don't yeah. doubt that he's a top five goaltender in this league. He's just playing for not great teams. So because of that, his stats kind of fluctuate because of it. Um, so that's just my thinking. And if you do that, hopefully you get, because I thought Sanheim and Ristolainen, even though I think maybe he's not worth that contract, I don't think he's a terrible defenseman. I thought he was a fine second pair defenseman with uh, Sanheim. So if you got that, I think that's a good as I compare, hopefully you'll get a healthy Ryan Ellis. But if you don't, maybe try trading for Petrie. Worst case, if he's healthy, you they put him. Has been rumored to get him, and yeah. it's going to take. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that Petrie just went to the box. Oh well, or or at least that was like two minutes ago. But still, yeah. But I just say that cause <laughs> he also, he's also thirty four. So at this point, he's not. I, I'd be okay with it just because. If Ellis is playing, you could play him on the third pair with Cam York. Because I just assume at this point, Cam York is going to be starting the year with the Flyers on the third pair. Yeah. Worst case, if Ellis, if Ellis is hurt, then he's on your first pair, which he already is already in Montreal with Provorov. And your third pair, I don't know, Zamula, if you add another guy just to add up more depth in your defensively. I think you're getting closer to a playoff team. You're closer to a playoff team than having to go complete full rebuild. I think it's just my point here. I went a little long, but that's kind of my question. If you remember correctly, there's three kind of scenarios that the Flyers can take this year. I mean, ideally, look, I'd hate to kind of go down the, the rebuild path because there's no such thing, in my opinion, as an aggressive retool. There really isn't any. Thing like that, but I don't think the Flyers have to do again. I don't think that they do that aggressive to retool this team to be a playoff team. They have no. Pieces. You need They're to get rid of JVR's contract. Um, you have Scott why, one at three million dollars, and being with Oscar yeah, Lindblom. You have Joel Fair. Now, this is a big one. Keep in mind, Joel Fairby's contract jumps from nine hundred twenty-five thousand this year to five mil next year. I still think worth it. It is. I still think it was a little too early for him to sign that contract. It's definitely a little early. But he he still. they signed it. And this is because I have a new theory on connect. Ah, sorry, Tom. Sorry. Derby. This is completely something else. Finish your thought. Finish your thought first. Um it, it's tricky. You definitely need to move some pieces. JVR, you probably have to get rid of a pick or two for someone to eat most of that, if not all that contract. Hello, send them to Arizona. I don't know. Send them somewhere that can eat. The, send them to Seattle. Mm-hmm. But you need to clear that cap to do anything this offseason. Johnny Hockey has been rumored to come to Philly as usual, but he's going to cost you a lot. It is. And the reason why I didn't mention Johnny Hockey in my thing is because I feel like if he comes here, it's a good story. And I don't think he, pro- outside of maybe providing like top end scoring talent, I don't think he provides a need that the Flyers uh, uh, add a need I that the Flyers have. I think that's a good point. Obviously, it'd be and a it's tied. story. Yes, I mean, oh man, um, I mean, it would be a great story. Of course, I'm going to be wrong, but he put up 105 points this year. That's not nothing. If he was that's like not 70, nothing, but he's a winger. Okay, I mean, so for better. me, I think you need to 
put up your blue line a little more and your center depth is the most right. crucial part. You need center to and blue line, I think it's where the main focus in. It would help the center pool by drafting center. Sure. Um, going into late January, uh, Scott Wheeler from the Athletic ranked the Flyers 13th uh, out of all the prospect pools as of 2022. The to be like top best for center on that list isn't even a prospect. It's, I mean, yes and no. It's Morgan Frost. So yeah. he's he's the highest ranked center that is on that list. Next yeah, this is, is probably Elliot, his last uh, year's uh, Desnoy- prospect because he's played so many games. Yeah, uh, Noe. I, I don't even know how to pronounce the uh, name, but he's eighth. Um, he's a center, soft left wing with the Halifax Mooseheads. This kid's going to be nice. Um, other than that, there's not a whole lot of many centers. I mean, you have Zade Wisdom. They've listed as a right wing. You have this is how bad it is, Jeffrey Tyson Forrester, but they've listed him as a right wing as well. Both of the, and that's the other thing. You got to make room for those guys next year. Um, you do, but I think those guys are going to be. They're fans. probably going to be in the Phantoms, which is fine. But still, we're all, you have to be prepared for them to be here, though. I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, I got distracted. I, was, I saw I see that. I saw Pitlick got an assist on it. I was trying to figure out which Pitlick. Damn it, Pitlick. I was trying Wait, to figure, figure out. I was going to say I was trying to figure out which Pitlick. Hey, Tyler or Rem? <laughs> or the cousin? There's three Pitlicks on this team. Oh my god! There's a third freaking. Yes, there's a third Pitlick. The Montreal Pitlicks. There's Tyler right. Pitlick, Rhett Pitlick, and Rem Pitlick. Oh, oh, it's Rhett and Rem? Yes. Whoever named their kids, I'm going to... Tyler's 30, Rem's 25, and Rhett's 21, who I don't think... Rem is the best pit look out there. And he does not... He has. He was drafted in 2019. He just hasn't signed his uh, entry-level contract yet. He go. is playing for the University of Minnesota currently. Uh-huh. At and least of last season, at least. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. But um, yeah, so, I mean, ideally, I would like to do a, a, a nice rebuild, but you got to move some pieces first, and whatever you can do to get the team to be contending again. I also don't want to go matters. full rebuild because I personally, I don't want to see the Flyers go through rebuild because I just think it's going to be boring hockey. That just it definitely my will personal be. But take. That's, but that's also the problem, that's too. Which is why the Flyers will never as do long it. as Dave Scott and Comcast yeah. owns the Flyers. You will never see a true rebuild here in Philadelphia. That's the problem. Oh, fire scored again. What the hell, guy? Yeah, it was it was Oscar. Come on. Oh God! Well, I didn't know. I'm not watching. Shame. Sorry, Oscar. I'm proud yeah. of you, buddy. It was his twelfth of the year. That was a very quiet twelve. I did not know he had that many goals. Hey, get for uh, Oscar. Also, this. You could even throw Limblum on that fourth line if you wanted to. Not my favorite, but he could. Or no, third line. I mean, and like, again, again, it goes back to my philosophy of the whole, you could have a first line, a second line, and quote unquote, two third lines where it's such a good well, fourth line. In that my theory, really, the Flyers technically have two first lines. <laughs> yes. But, but still, that's my point. It's You could have two first lines, a second line, and then a third line. And the reason why I think... Third, yeah. Sorry. And... Again, I just think I'm going to be irrationally annoyed when it inevitably doesn't happen because I've already psyched myself up that's going to happen. So it's just not going to happen. Um, 
to get Pedersen. But if you get Pedersen, and this may be the annoying part of him when to come here, is that he'd be the number two center behind Couturier, not, not the or one. he'd be like a one B versus one A. But I think that's actually better because you could almost have like a Penguins thing with Malkin and Crosby, or what the Fires had with Claude Drew and Couturier. Whereas at times, obviously, they're going to be separated for the most part. But especially in the East and the Metro, some of the uh, uh, line matchups and everything, that's going to be help so much uh, on that front. So, yeah. again, I'm just going to suck myself out until this just, just inevitably doesn't happen. I'm irrationally annoyed. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yes. Uh, but the reason why I bring that up is because obviously the first thing the fires will have to do is figure out what they're going to do with coaching head coaching next year. And this is going to be the last topic we got for today. Um, and obviously yo is probably not going to come back. I'm about no, again, is. 90% over 90% positive. He's going to be gone. There may be maybe 8% chance, probably even less than that. Uh, he comes back. Um, he would have to make a really good pitch in his interview for the job to come back. Even as an assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which got me thinking, and I was thinking about this a while ago and I thought about today as a fun little thing we can think about. Um, obviously, because also this too is like when, if you're the Flyers, do you make this move? And this is why I bring it up is because, and the why I bring up that question I had before is because the, what coach you has have can kind of dictate which way the Flyers could be leaning going forward. Um, good point. Um, so I've got, so we both put up five names or maybe five names. I don't know if Jeff put up five names or not. I can't, I can't think of this. <laughs> so I came up with five names plus two honorable mentions. Obviously, yo, that I just mentioned and uh, John Tortorella, um, which I don't, that it, 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 it wouldn't excite me any, but I would get it. I would get it because it it would be kind of like the kick in the, you know, be a thorn in the side of coach that the Flyers need that wake up call coach. They do, he's, he's but that he kind takes of it. He is, but he also kind of takes it too far where players don't really like that. And if you read or if you look between the lines of what some of the guys or what's come out since AV has been fired, he was kind of, people didn't really love. That and I feel like that's the same kind of thing where you it, kind of it, it wouldn't her. work here. Yeah, I understand um, why people want him here. It's not going to work here. Imagine the the circus between him and the Philly media alone. Yeah, um, even though he started with big media before he played it, he coached New York in New York. He, he coached but the Lakers. Still, it's Philly, so I don't know the difference between New York fans and Philadelphia fans. So that, besides the teams to root for, so I I ex- essentially assume that they're just the same. For the most part, um, just big market. They're very passionate. They can be annoying yeah. at times. I did so towards this, on my list as well. He's number four. So my five, and hear me out. It's only because, um, if my whole theory and my hopefulness happens, it was Patterson. Yes, that one. Thank you for reminding everyone if they forgot because I haven't mentioned it in five minutes. No, <laughs> let alone two. Yes. I just really, I really like him. He's such oh, a really good... I love Elias Pedersen. I think he's a hell of a player. It I would just fall on free space with him too. 
yeah, but anyways, uh, I would give Elaine Vigneault another chance. Interesting. I don't think it's going to happen. A lot of these these coaches I mentioned are going to mention are kind of long shots. Mm. Um, this is probably the longest of the shots. Has there ever been a coach that's been fired by a team and that goes back to that team that very next year? I, I'm not. genuinely clear, curious. Probably I have not. no clue. I don't think so. No, um, no the only reason why I said that is because if my because if you're bringing in Elaine Vigneault, and the reason why I think it didn't work is because Elaine Vigneault to me was a coach you bring in if you feel like your team is on the playoff cusp and you need that jump to get to the Stanley Cup or the Conference Finals. Like going that's to what's surprising me so much because the, the the year before the bubble, before AV gets there, the Flyers were whatever. But then that first year, the bubble year. They uh, yeah. do outstanding the first in the regular season. Obviously, the shutdown happened. Yeah, and I think but COVID kind of stopped how he was able to coach the way he liked to be coaching. Big time. Um, and then uh, you had the round robin. They did phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Squeaked out a victory in round one. Almost had a tremendous comeback in round two. Yes. The fact they were one one away from the conference finals. Hey, you honest, and we've considered that season a success because they got fresh they got first round, which round they hadn't done in like 10 years at that point. Ten year, no, uh, a little less, I think. Eight years, eight years. Eight years. Ten years at this point. Yeah. Since that team. So, yeah, that's an interesting one, though. Um, uh, that's just an interesting one because that's just my thinking of I don't even know. Um, yeah. My Where next is one is an honor, honorable mention number five. He's five. five uh, my next one and I don't think anyone's really mentioned him. I just some of these guys also because I know he's he's got a ring. Uh, this next one is uh, Claude Julian. Uh, just because um, I honestly have no idea why what happened in Montreal and how he got fired and everything because it, it was a health issue and then he was replaced. It was really weird, um, but I still think he's a, a good potential coach. Obviously. And even though it happened in 2011, he's got a ring, which is what Flyers coach hasn't had since Peter Laviolette was coaching the team. And Peter Laviolette was the coach, was the f- closest the Flyers got to potentially winning a cup since the 90s, where they almost won a cup again, but they didn't. <laughs> but essentially, since the 70s, that was the closest they got to potentially winning, yeah. um, was when you had a coach who actually had a cup. Had a ring, yeah. so that's why I think Claude Julian. I also think he's a good coach. I think he, in a way, can kind of be either way if you're rebuilding or kind of tooling yeah. towards something. I, I do have Claude Julian on my list too. He's uh, actually number two for me. Yeah, number three, and it's just a matter of if he wants to come back or not. Uh, Paul Maurice, obviously, he stepped aside from Winnipeg. Uh, again, another coach like. Elaine Vigneault, I don't think COVID and everything really made him able to coach the way he'd like to be coached, and he just kind of got sick of it. Again, it's only a stretch because I think... He kind of seems like a Philly coach, too. He does. Also, those Winnipeg teams were so fun to watch. So offensive. The issues with him, though, those teams were so offensively heavy, but the defenses were not the best. That would be That's the only, only issue. Yeah, that would be my only issue as well. But those teams would be really fun. That's why I want to do that. They'd be really fun. Like and that's only if he wants to come back. So it's kind of like what you have with the Phillies right now. Live yeah. offense, no defense. 
Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all right. That, because I just, um, to me, I just think that could yeah. be something. One, the reason why I want yeah. that is one, if you're Comcast Spectacore wise, and uh, what's his face? Who I always forget. <laughs> He's very forgettable, freaking yes. Dave Scott. Yeah, Dave Scott. If Dave you're Scott. fun, you're going to have fans back in the arena. And that's all he cares about. He he doesn't know a hockey puck from a hockey stick, but he just cares about fans yes. in the seats. Uh, three. And He's still blaming kind of... COVID for why they can't have fans in the seats. Yeah, and um, yeah, there are the Sixers here kicking ass in standings. Yeah, the other one is, and I think I have a theory of why I think everyone thinks he's going to be a good coach again, and it's Rick Tockett, who I assume is on your list as well. Yes. Um, I think people think he's going to be a good coach because they see how well he, because he probably played last, like, what, 15, 20 years ago, maybe at this point, similar to that Rob Brindamore. And maybe they're thinking he's going to have that kind of success as a coach. I think that's the hope. I don't know if they'll actually get there. With or that's the, the thought hope. could potentially be, because if you remember correctly, he was the assistant coach for the Penguins when they won their back to back cups. Then he went to Arizona, which, if you're coaching Arizona, you might as, it's like coaching the New York Jets or Jacksonville Jaguars. You pretty much know what you're getting into, and you you're over Just under. Are you getting fi- yeah, if you're getting you're over under and getting fired is probably two years. Because uh, those teams just aren't great. It's just yeah, always going to happen at this point. So he was already going to be under a tough belt, and he got out of there at the right time, right as shit starting hitting the fan with Arizona. Um, now he's a TSN analyst. Yes. But maybe he could be like Craig Bruby, where he took over for Peter Laviolette. He didn't have the biggest success with the Flyers being head coach. Or he could be like Mike Yo over again. Get rid of Mike Yo and you bring in the coach and they win the cup. Yes. Either way. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Mike Yo. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if you remember that, that his system generally fit what the Flyers had at that time. But that gave him co- some coaching experience of what he could learn, what he could take from it. And then he went to the blues where he inevitably won a cup with his system that worked perfectly well with them. And they're going to make the playoffs again. So who knows how that goes. So maybe that's the other thought for Tockett because he already had the one chance with coaching. Maybe this next round, wherever he goes could be that next jump start of him being an actual good coach. Yeah. Cause I love on whenever he's like before he was, I love talk. Before he was assistant with uh, the Penguins, he was an analyst with Comcast or Comcast Sportsnet. I forgot about that. And I'd like he's his- a very intelligent coach. I think he's similar Rod Brennamore esque coach, where he's a very intelligent coach and he's very intelligent. He's and I think he's going to- very well respected. And he's just he's not going to take yeah. shit from anybody either. I don't no, think he's and, that and that's what I love. And I think so- he, again, he's the type of guy where you can go either way, rebuilding or if you're going for because yeah, again, he dealt with Arizona. Or if you're going for it, if yeah. he wants to have so, that challenge. Well, yeah, and my number is- one, and it's the big another big one, is if he is fired, Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz. The reason why he fits is again, he fits either way if you want to go rebuild or not. Also, if he He's can take in one season the Islanders being one of the worst defensive teams to the next year being a, one of the best defensive teams. If he can do that again for the Flyers, that'd be great. The only drawback I'd have if he has to go back to that system, it's not the most fun to watch. 
It's kind of boring. No. Uh, but that's my only, he's that's another coach downside. who also has a ring. He won more recently than Claude Julian. He won in 2018 yeah. with the Capitals. With Washington. So he yeah. also has experience with having somewhat of a potent, more potent offense that he has with the Islanders at the moment. So if he's Very fired, true. which at the end of the year, which I, at this point I just kind of assume it's going to happen because... I think that's it's also blue. what the Flyers are waiting for to I think see it's, if they fire Barry Trotz. Yeah, because it's, it's I think the shoeing is coaches, right? He goes coaches a but lot. If they fire Barry Trotz, they're swooping in immediately and signing him. Yeah, and, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I had number four, so I, I theoretically had five, four coaches. Again, Obviously, a lot of my again, Trotz. a lot of mine were kind of. It, it's a very yeah. Um, number four for me, I'm excluding Trotz because I originally didn't have him hey, on the list. I'm just Travis talking Kampton about. Actually scored a goal. ATK. I'm talking about coaches who originally, you know, or currently available. Towards the number four, I get it. I don't want him here, but he's been rumored at some point. So sure, you throw him also, on. Also, he can help you defensively too. And that too. Number three is an interesting one because it's not even any name. It's just a rookie NHL head coach. You're going to have a possibility mm-hmm. of someone coming in here, not not like it, it's somewhat similar to Dave Haxtell situation where they they have <laughs> I say that look they have you know uh, hockey coaching experience where like maybe they're a very you know for example like it's like the extremely well respected college coach or or like a Canadian CHL coach that just has done well for years or even an AHL head coach so well for years they'd come up to the NHL to finally get a shot in the NHL. So that's what I mean by that. Uh number two is Claude Julian. Um like you say he's got a range or, very well respected how about this? He's a great coach on all. I just it randomly popped to me just a former player just out of nowhere. He's an assistant I think now in Boston if I'm not mistaken. Oh no he's in Pittsburgh. He took over after uh Mark Recky? Yep. He could be a good I love coach. Rex. He's got the Philly tie. Tie. He's, He's got the dude. respect. I would bring him in. I'd even possibly bring in Tiemann in as a defensive coach. As I would love Tiemann in here. Um, so th- those are interesting choices, too. And number one, of course, I got Rick Tockett. Um, so we'll see what happens. I th- My prediction, though, is they are going to see what happens with the Islanders and Trots first. If, the tr- if Trots doesn't get fired and, the, uh, and New York doesn't make a move, then they're going to be set on talk. But it could, it's going to take a while. I don't think they're going to, you know, make a move like that. They're going to wait a month or two. And they're going to see what happens. And then yeah, I think there. they're going to wait until the playoffs actually end to actually make their choice. Exactly. Which so, obviously makes yeah. means they're at least a month or so. But at that time, yep. they can still at that point say, "Let's draw the name of a hat, just who we want, or just potential guys you want to bring in, or whoever." Exactly. All right. But I think with that, we are done. <laughs> we are off. And believe it or not, Jeffrey, I believe our next hockey podcast is actually on your birthday. Or not, uh, not hockey. Uh, underachievers yep. is on your birthday. Yep. So the real question will be, will Jeffrey be on that podcast or not? You'll just have to wait <laughs> and see when that po- episode comes out. With that, we'll see you next time.